This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now nearly in our sixth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodward, and this is the flagship show available most weeks in the off-season on audio and video. So for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more football conversation, make your Monday a Blue Monday. And joining me to chat about all things pre-season, I've got Ben Bloom and Joe Fares. Gentlemen, how the devil are you? Who wants to go first? Joe. I'll start with Joe. Yeah, I'm good. In, enjoying the rain, which seems to have been you, promised yeah. for a few days, but it's finally here now. My folks are, are still Ipswich-based, and they have not seen a drop of rain for about three weeks, and it has rained continually here in the Midlands. It's the one thing going for us. So that rain dancing that you did has paid off? I probably should have got the washing in before the dance. <laughs> Never mind. Have been any issues with your lawns or anything like that because of lack of rain, or are you all good on that front? No, all I do is I go on the Ipswich Town Twitter timeline, um, and that helps me get through the footballless days. I read about transfers that we're not making, transfers that we are making, transfers that we shouldn't be making, and I'm looking very much forward, Richard, having seen, I'm sure you've got this on your running order, having seen the ludicrous timetable that was uh, released in the middle of last week to a game every day in September by the look of it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be um, <laughs> pretty hardcore isn't it during September. And as you say, um nice um the guys are both on the on the vino. Alvino did flow and Joe's on the beers. I'm being good. I'm on the water. So professionalism uh, is. How many have I had this week? If you're counting. <laughs> I just want you to blow into the bottle, you know. Um so, um, yeah, we've got plenty of stuff to talk through and loads of questions as well. So thank you for the questions. We will go through all of those. Um, where shall I start, guys? Where shall I start? It's, I was about to say, it's, it's good to have things to talk about because we um, kind of do, we're quite spiky during the off-season because we prefer to have stuff to talk about. Um, so we actually have content and um, news and incidents and stuff like that to talk about. So um, here we go. Let's jump into it. Pre-season friendlies. We bloody love pre-season friendlies. Um, 
So we had an in-house friendly on Saturday, didn't we, Joe? I think. Yeah, I haven't seen any details of it, but we were due to play Southend, and Southend pulled out of the friendly because they weren't going to be ready for it. So we then had one against West Ham under 23s, but apparently they've had a positive coronavirus test in their yeah. squad. So then it ended up with nothing really. I, I don't. I'm, the players were in because they showed some footage on Twitter, but I don't know if it was a full-out game or anything like that. One of those championship manager, sorry, football manager, intra-game friendly thingies, yeah? Mm, um, possibly, yeah. And yeah, TW, I was going to say TWTD reported that um, positive test for West Ham's development squad. Um, Darren McAntony, though, offered, offered us a game um, via um, Stuart Watson on Twitter. Um, ben, um, presumably that was either a case of logistically a little bit um, too short notice, but presumably you don't want to get dicked by one of your divisional rivals so early in pre-season? I mean, pre-season friendlies, we, we always have the um, the fun of the fair, don't we, where if we if we lose a pre-season friendly, we're destined for relegation. And if we yes. if we win one, we, we should have realised last year when um, Tristan Nydam got that horrible injury at Notts County, what, you know, what last year was going to look at. But um, I, I hate to go back on my agenda. I honestly think people are going to use the um, the League Cup game and the first um the first, well, it's not the leasing.com, it's the EFL trophy game now. Um, uh, as I as I tweeted, um, Stuart, when we were talking about um, the schedule, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams trying their hardest not to win the first uh, Carabao Cup game. And I think that ends up getting used as an, aug- as an auxiliary friendly. Look, Richard, yeah. everyone's, in, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's unfit. Everyone's got way too many games to play. And... Uh, uh, we're doing our squad analysis later. Let's hope our bloated squad, as Joe often puts it, um, is actually some help here. Yeah. Um, Tuesday night, we've got um, two 75-minute games against Cole U, um, which are streamed for five quid. I kind of got my high horse about charging five quid, but I've kind of relaxed a little bit on that. I don't, maybe I just got out the wrong side of bed. Um, Tommy Smith potentially lining up for... Cole, you though, Joe. Uh, where are you? One of the one of the Twitterati who are. Why don't we just get Tommy Smith on a cheap contract and get him in the squad? Or are you a uh, kind of don't look back in anger? I'd, I'd take him back personally. I see he's he wants to stay local because his wife is about to give birth in the next weeks or months. So uh-huh. he's st- staying local. And with what Colster are going to be able to offer him, like it must be absolute peanuts. Mm. To, Compared to anything that if they can afford him, it's sort of well. Their salary cap is one point five million, is it? One point five, but they've got a lot of young players, so they might be able to push a boat on a couple of senior ones. But then they Sunderland signed him only a few months ago, wasn't it? They, they they were happy to pay him a good wage for him to relocate up there for a few months, and he's on our doorstep. We don't have any left footers at the back. Yep. Toto Enciala is just not trusted and not going to play, is he? So we do need another centre back and. So I'd, I'd have him here in a heartbeat. I Rich, think he's a is, good player. Is there a salary cap? You should probably ask Joe about that. <laughs> I think there's a good pod that, um, yeah, that we, <laughs> people can listen to on that. I did enjoy that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, Ben, where do you stand on Tommy Smith? Not on, not on his back or his neck, hopefully. But um, I wouldn't pretend to. Yeah, I wouldn't pretend to know as much as Joe about um, about uh, this. Um, I, I wouldn't be averse to it if it was if it was the the right deal. But I'm sure we'll get into the 
the the transfers and what now represents a good deal and what represents a bad deal and um, what you're starting to see, particularly a bit higher up. Remember, everything kind of cascades down. You're seeing the desirable free agents getting swamped up now. I dare say the market we're shopping in is the less desirable yeah. free agents and you know where they can get scooped up. But um, I don't want to steal your thunder, Richard. We'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about left-footed defenders very soon. Yes. Um, and finishing off the roundup of friendlies, um, Spurs away apparently in their new stadium, which I'm wow. a bit gutted about because that was one to tick off the old 92 list. Um, and then, uh, where... Richard, I, I think Alistair, our friend, said that that doesn't count because it's a friendly. Oh, I disagree. And he, I, me uh, and Alistair, no. have, me and Ollie well, Morris. No, that's no, you, no. Friendlies, youth games, reserve games. Uh, yeah, they all, they all count. I, what about pop concerts? I saw um, you two play at the Etihad. No pop concerts or NFL games don't count. No. No. I, I think you're, friendlies count. And, on, and Ollie Mara, we can debate it. Again, if you want, I'm, I'm, I've got. It'd be some... nice to debate it in the pub, actually, at a game. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it wouldn't it? But yeah. going to Spurs' new ground would have been awesome, wouldn't it? But I've hey been ho. there already, so it's fine. Oh, it. <laughs> Did you, yeah, you haven't ticked it off though, have you, Joe? Because it was an NFL have. game. No. Oh, is Spurs, it Champions League? Spurs two by Munich seven. It was quite oh, an experience nice. to see the fans fighting amongst each other behind the goal. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm then... happy. I'm happy for you, for you, Joe, that you, you tick that one off. Well done. <laughs> Um, and West Ham on uh, Tuesday week is it twenty fifth? So it's quite congested there, and then and then we'll get it. So the, Ben's mentioned it already. Let's get on to these kind of the fixture list. So in order, like I'll do it in chronological order. So we <laughs> good, get good luck. We get the Carabao Cup draw on Tuesday. Um, the first round of the Carabao Cup, which has this, um, I don't think it's seeded, is it? Northern and it has re- two regional. It is, it is seeded. Is it seeded? We're in the bottom half of seeds now. Fine. Thank you, But Joe. it's north and south, isn't it's it? North it's north and south, south right. and then seeded from there. Um, but we still managed to play Exeter in a north and south um, well, yeah. and then you've got the... type situation. Yeah. So the first round um, is the 5th of September, which I think is a Saturday. And that is, is that subject to, if you've drawn against someone half decent in the championship, is there the possibility of some games being moved or something as well? I'm trying to... Yeah, it's an international weekend, I think. Brilliant. An international break. Brilliant. So if the team have internationals, they'll <laughs> and move that's the first the weekend of August. That's the first week. Oh, it goes forward at least. There you go. So, so basically, there's gonna, there can be four rounds, Richard, in September. Yeah. Well, and and I was going to say the kind of concertineering continues because um, also I think on where is my where are my notes here? Um, also on Tuesday we have the draw for the group stage of the EFL Trophy. Um, um, and that will be um, again with the regional group stages. Um, but there are sixteen academies, category one academies who are invited. I think I've got the southern ones right here. Um, the most notable one for us, obviously, is going to be Norwich, who we managed to avoid last season. But Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Brighton, Fulham, Southampton, West Ham, I think, are the ones in the southern area. Um, who uh, we might be Richard, as against. I understand. That's pretty much the same as last year, right? You get a game week at the start of October, November, December, and then so that stays normal. It's it's kind of like the Carabao Cup has moved to accommodate everything else, right? Yes, that's the and yeah, um, and then the match day one for the EFL Trophy is eighth and ninth of September. So you've got two cup games before the start before of the, the season. season starts. 
<laughs> and that's why there's no the preseason friendlies kind of. See my point about them being the friendlies. Oh yeah, exactly right. And that's happened before with the Carabao Cup, though. That's been before the season started. Um, and then f- next Friday, the twenty first, we get the fixture list for the full season, the league season proper. Um, and Richard, do you think Luton might just happen to play Watford before the stadiums open at Luton? Hmm. Oh, me wonders what conspiracy the theories. Me wonders what the fixture computer is going to come up with with difficult to police games happening before the COVID shutdown ends. Okay, so so Millwall are going to have to play the whole season before. October. <laughs> <laughs> We've got yeah, Cardiff Swans in all that as well. Yeah, okay. Um, and then um, so and that starts on the twelfth of September, and then because because presumably they they need to fit the Euros. Um, There'll be 13 midweek match rounds um, in, is that right? Or is that 13, just in the championship? 13 in the championship, champ- 11, 11, in, 11 in League in 1. In League 1 and 2. So, but, I th- but I think in League 1, as long as there's the Carabao Cup and the um, EFL Trophy one game before the season starts, but after that it's 49 games in 34 weeks. So it's basically, <laughs> it's basically midweek every other week for the whole season. Insane. So without without insane. considering international breaks. So, um, and guys, quickly, what? Are, sorry to interrupt. Rich, yeah. What are your um, What are your thoughts on the people that are going to inevitably comment and go, "Oh, footballers are overpaid. They can play a hundred games in a season." Well, we'll see. Well, won't well, we? They, they, they can, <laughs> but it's, it's more just when one team is playing significantly more than the other that you lose that edge. Where yeah. everyone's going to be in the same boat this year. There's going to be some real poor football played in the second half of this season as fitness levels drop. Yeah, and. and... I think injury is inevitable. Um, are you guys playing reserves teams under, under kind of development squad teams in the Carabao and the EFL Trophy? I mean, we should yes. we we yes. should not be taking the cups seriously, should we? we no, I'm, I'm I'm normally one to say take the cup seriously because I think there's a chance for success there. But we have got to get out of this league this year, and these cups are just a distraction, and we just need to bin them off totally. Don't don't cancel games for international breaks. Just play through as best we can and just try and get a bit of momentum going in the league that's a thought actually we need to have a look at the squad for the potential for international call-ups likely in the under 23s ben are you um are you slacking off the the cups don't give a shit about the cups um uh, people get cross about get cross about you saying it but i always look at december through the start of january in the fa cup and you know you can have a situation where and i'm pulling the numbers out of the air but where i think there was something like uh, two games a week and then if you played the FA Cup third round and had a replay and then played round four as well so you drew an FA Cup game and then won an FA Cup game you would literally from the start of December through to about the second week in February play and it ends up over two games a week because you get that crazy mm-hmm. Christmas thing that is what's going to happen and just I just generally yeah, that's going to happen from the start of September. If you're a good, if you're a good side that wins, and can, can we just have a little thought for our friends at Norwich, who are obviously in the Championship, where there's 46 games and potentially three playoff games. They're under 23s, and people will say it's the under 23s, but you've got to do logistics. You've got to send people out. But that um, is actually in a, a lot of the Premiership teams. That is that's an under 21s team rather than under 23s team, and generally the reserve team manager takes that team. It isn't a first team game that anyone goes but with the manager doesn't go it is uh under 21's game but you know what i mean joe it's a it's 
it's, it is more than under 21s game just because of the infrastructure of where you're probably going. But I, I, I take your point, yeah. obviously. Um, but, you know, there's, there's going to be some teams where, and like I say, I just think that first round of Carabao Cup, I know Mick always used to say, first mention from Mick of the, of the pod, <laughs> always used to say it was the hardest game of the season. I think there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of managers who are going to say, look, if we lose this game, that's three games struck off the calendar in September straight away. And um, whether people like it or not, Richard, to your original question, would you bin off the cups? Um, a lot of highly paid professional football managers will bin off the cups. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, and I guess we, I, we, we've done a pod. Maybe maybe it was June or something when the or the end of the when the decisions were made to finish the season. Um, so we haven't mentioned the c word, not that c word, for a while. But there is also the risk, guys, of a of someone having a test, aren't they, and coming up positive, and that causing issues as well. It's um, gonna, it's gonna happen. There's, yeah. there's not much like Ips, the Ipswich squad have only been tested once that day when they were tested. That's the only test they've had. So it's not like the Premier League and the like what you've seen in the Champions League, where it's like you're living in a bubble, you're getting tested, you're not coming out of that. They are just living their normal lives, but just trying to do it risk-free effectively but they're not being tested so if if somebody in a league one squad has it in september as well joe yeah. that's chaos the, that's the squad is, the squad is going to have it yeah. like it's it's not like you're going to catch people early because you're going to get them when they're asymptomatic if somebody gets it it is going to be round the club before they realize yeah like it's happened in scotland with aberdeen i was going to say and then, and then can you trust the players to kind of I don't know how the rules are and what they've been set out to do, but presumably minimising contact with anybody and social. Well, you're not, you're not allowed stuff. to go to Spain, not tell the club, yes. come back, not quarantine, and then play. And Especially if Neil Lennon's your manager. And do <laughs> selfies with fans, even though that's um, a nice thing to do. So, I, 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 do I want to ask this question? You guys can. Well, you guys can say no if you don't want to answer. Can League One footballers be trusted? Is is where I'm getting at. I don't think they. I don't think they earn enough to be trusted if that makes sense because if somebody's earning 50 grand a year and they've got kids their wife probably works they have children at nurseries or children's at school it's not like the nfl where it's a short season they're all going away they're all living in a bubble or something or what's happening with the nba or things at the moment these people they're they're pretty normal blokes and they've got they're going to like I say, like me or you could get it. We could go out, and you can't you can't be as careful as you need to be when you're earning that sort of money. If you're earning 250 grand a week and you're a Premiership player or 40 grand a week, you can sort of pay almost in a way to negate the need for you to yeah. for you to sort of come into the situations where you may get it. But these people are going to have to be doing school runs and nursery and runs also- and going to the shops and things like that. Joe, to your earlier point as well, in the I mean, we heard about the the start of Germany, where you're in a hotel, you you're isolated, you come out of your bedroom, you get your test, even controlling it, stopping it going round the squad at point of you know point of source, mm. the higher up, yeah, the um, we'll see. I know I know we'll get a I know we'll get a mix in the comments. Richard, we'll get um, you know we'll get people who say oh it's you know it's impossible, it will definitely happen, and then we'll get people who say it's you know, it's all it's all fake, and well, yeah. we'll be back in stadiums in in November with you know all the fans in there. So um, the, the the truth is, when you're talking about COVID and you're talking about the government's response to COVID, then who who knows what will happen? Yeah, exactly right. And and kind of continuing a theme and conspiracy theories, Ben. 
any teams likely to try and um, shout COVID to get postponements and stuff? Um, obviously, without wishing to um, libel any no. any teams, I would, the answer I would, no. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll see how what happens on that. So fixtures um, out next week. Keep an eye on that. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for strategically arranged fixtures earlier on to avoid <laughs> policing situations. Um, let's move on to to this uh, review of the squads. Then um, just a few kind of bits and pieces of ins and outs. Um, I just well yeah. Before we kind of move on properly to that, Will Norris signed for Burnley, which raised a few eyebrows. Me and me and Joe, are best mates with Will Norris, um, having met him once. Um, so I, I don't mind him, um, but he, his his part. In, well, he he made a comment about his loan spell with us um, last season. Um, there was the loan at Ipswich last season. It was like whoever the best eleven were in training played, and there were a lot of changes throughout the season all over the pitch. We just had a great squad depth. There were a lot of good players, but it was obviously disappointing to end the season how it did. Um, what do you guys read into that, Ben? Any um. Any observations or anything you want yeah. to infer from from that? Well, um, Guinevere, you know, maybe, or we we comment a lot on these things. But Will Norris was in a lot of training sessions and a lot of team talks that I wasn't in, so um, it, it doesn't sound in any way unreasonable any of the comments that he's just made. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to go somewhere else. I'm going to I'm going to hold myself back. Um, let's talk about the squads. Um, Joe has kindly packaged up. Um, the squad listing. There are still a lot of senior pros at the club, aren't there? Um, I'm just looking through this now. Um, the three signings that were expected to be confirmed on Monday are um, experienced left back Stephen Ward, um, ex Northampton goalkeeper David Cornell. I'm going to go Cornell because it makes me think of Andy Bernard. Um, I think and... it's Die. Apparently, it's Die Cornell. Oh, is he? Oh, because he's Welsh. What about Chris Cornell, the singer from Soundgarden? Black Hole Sun. Yeah. And um, Ollie Watkins. No, Ollie Hawkins is... Oh, yes, please. <laughs> ...is going to sign for... ...is uh, supposedly going to sign from um, uh, a free transfer from Portsmouth. Anyone um, want to do a Stephen Hawking joke? <laughs> I, no. I don't, but if I don't want to... Was, the, he's not been out skateboarding. The, the worst, the, the phrase "carpet munchers don't get a point" just came into my head as well. So I, we need to move away from that. Um, before we kind of assess what we have at the moment, another weird story that surfaced today, courtesy of um, the king of the transfer rumours on Twitter, Alan Nixon. Jordan Rhodes. This is a, a, quite a strangely worded tweet. I haven't got it written down anywhere, but it was kind of um, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday um, what is it? Ipswich are keen on Jordan Rhodes, but Sheffield Wednesday don't want him to go, or something like that. And it's kind of like... Yeah, it's sort of Sheffield Wednesday, Rhodes may go on a free, Sheffield Wednesday don't want him to. If they did, Ipswich would be interested. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, this Brilliant. isn't going to happen, is it? I'm sure if Messi leaves Barcelona, would be interested. Yeah, but... De Bruyne. We'll go for... yeah. this is, I don't know. This... He, hasn't, he hasn't really pulled up any trees in the Championship in recent years, has he? I, know, I think he did okay when he was at Norwich, but oh, is he... Is he from this area? I assume he's living back this way. I know he got married back this way, so maybe his wife is from this area. So I say maybe these are the sort of deals that could get done with loan fees, as in you pay a million pound loan fee, you don't pay any wages, so it gets around the salary cap. I'd be, I think it's hugely unlikely that he does end up here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Evans does try and pull out a couple of big signings to sort of push us over the line, but. And, and that's the that's the type of deal that a moneyed League One club could do, couldn't it? Because once that money goes, well, 
to be careful with this. Once that money goes into Sheffield Wednesday, it could go anywhere. But um, if it's a loan fee back to Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield Wednesday pay him the wages, that's clearly outside of championship. Um, sorry, excuse me, League One loan jurisdiction, um, wage jurisdiction, excuse me. Um, we did have that weird link, um, Richard, with Connor Wickham as well. Oh, yeah. who, you know, then ended up going to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and on then, mega money. That was like, yes, he was there yeah, on like quite. 40 grand a week when he was going there. Oh, Jordan Rhodes is still on 40 grand a week. No, but, but Sheffield, Wednesday were, there, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday were picking up the 40 grand a week tab for Connor Wickham. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah. That we'd asked about, apparently. That was when Lambert was just... That seems rather out of kilter with the other transfer business we're doing, doesn't it? But look, um, if there's even 5% truth in it, then of course, <laughs> yes, please, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, does, you were saying that, uh, two thoughts that come to mind what you just said, Ben. One is, are we going to get to the stage when the kind of have-nots in League One who all voted for the salary cap shout foul when teams like Ipswich can can kind of circumvent the rules by doing these kind of loan fee things I, w- I worry that that might happen and that might get clamped down I, I think it's I think it's good business you know, is you've got 32 red paying Wayne Rooney's wages that doesn't go through FFP does it so you know it's t- <laughs> you're never going to stop it you move the goalposts and whilst Everyone, there's 100 yeah. million pounds TV money up for grabs in the Premier League everyone is going to try to circumvent and, you know, everybody bloody does it. Every self-employed person tries oh, yeah. it on the yeah, yeah, bloody yeah. tax return every year. So it's no different with a football with a football club. Um, but yeah, and like Joe says, that could that could be a way, couldn't it? You'd stick a big loan fee into Sheffield Wednesday and, oh, Sheffield Wednesday just happened to pay their player a bonus if he makes 30 appearances for any team that particular season and it's the bonus that's made by Sheffield Wednesday not by Ipswich mm. it will happen There's, this is why um, Kira Maguire always says that accountants and lawyers drive Range Rovers or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they figure out they, how to navigate the rules don't they? they find a way don't they they yeah. run the world <laughs> who um, run the world girls that's, that's, yeah. and accountants and lawyers I'm disappointed you didn't sing it. Um, That's the first first song of the pod, is that? It's the first, um, pretty much. The Beyonce one. Um, Money don't make my world go round. Um, (laughs) Second thought, just continuing the theme, um, is uh, should we start our squad assessment at the front of the pitch? Because then it helps me segue into this point. Um, Both James Norwood and Caden Jackson have been linked with moves away. Um, Do you think a transfer for... Well, Caden Jackson transfer... Is it likely, yes or no? And if it's for multi-million pound fees, does it open up the possibility of this kind of road steal? Um, Joe, do you want to have a thought on that? Or Norwood, potentially, freeing that money off the wage bill? I just I just wonder what Jackson is actually worth, because we, we obviously paid 1.6 million for him. He hasn't been a roaring success, but I thought he had a, I thought he had a good season last year, and I, I can understand why he is trying to get a new contract, because I think he deserves one, especially when you see... I think there's quite a large discrepancy between what he earns and what James Norwood earns. So I think he thinks he came into the game late. He's what he's not as young as you'd think he is. He's maybe like 26, 26 27. Yeah. This is his probably big chance to get a big contract. So if Ipswich aren't going to give it to him, which salary cap wise they aren't or we aren't now, then he probably does need to get a move. He probably does want to move up into the championship to have a go there. But it's up to someone to pay what what we think he's worth. And I don't really see. As, as sort of as little impact as he made in the first season, I don't really see why we should take a loss on him at the moment. And no. 
if you're selling him for that money and you can't spend it, well, what's the point in it? So, uh, a departure for Caden Jackson or James Norwood, I mean, we are lacking numbers up front anyway. So, I'm going to go through Joe's squad list here. Caden Jackson, James Norwood, um, Freddie Sears um, at a push. And then you're kind of looking at the uh, the young players coming through. We've obviously, sadly, Ben Morris has got injured and is going to miss out for the majority of the season. Ben Falami, I guess, could play up front. Could he, Joe? Yeah, um, Aaron Drynan, maybe. Aaron Drynan, who everyone's hoping. And, and then, then Tyree Simpson, maybe. Ollie Hawkins. But, but uh, is... Yeah, I mean, Ollie Hawkins comes in. Is that still enough? Is that enough firepower? Norwood had a middling season, didn't he? Um, but it doesn't appear Nor- maybe Nor- to Nor- Barney Nor- a strange one Lambert. because I just don't... It, something just doesn't seem right with the whole Norwood situation at the moment. I don't think he's back training. There's a lot of talk of him leaving and I, you've got to wonder who's driving that talk there because there's obviously something going on. But I just don't see that he can go anywhere that it's going to pick up the wage he's on because he's on a good League One contract, a very good League One contract now, or a very good League One contract last year, pre-salary cap. So when he's linked with Fleetwood, they aren't going to be able to pick that up, are they? So, And we, we, we're not just going to give him away to a rival, effectively. So I just don't see... I just don't see how that deal gets done, but something just doesn't sit right with the whole situation at the moment. Is it a good time to kind of talk about formations? I know we've got some questions about this, so maybe not go too much into that um, but I'm trying to remember what the commonly used formation was the most successful formation I get for us I guess was the 4-4-2 wasn't it mm. um, so are we are we likely to go back to that guys do you think and in in which case is it it's one of well it's it's Norwood and Jackson isn't it unless one of them leaves and is replaced by someone else and Ollie Hawkins is the new Will Keane he's the kind of bench option rotation yeah. option is that yeah, Freddie Sears? Freddie Sears might be able to put pressure on. He obviously wasn't fit all last year, but the year before that, he'd looked good in the championship. He was actually probably one of the players that most improved once Lambert came in. So, how how fit is he? How sharp is he? Has he lost any pace? Because he's a he's, a, he's still a good footballer, Freddie. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you, are you are you happy with with those options, Ben? I don't, but honestly, I don't want to um, you know, disrespect your question. But how can we how can we talk about formations? Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised with any formation at the start of. And do you remember the last couple of games, Rich, against Fleetwood and Coventry? I remember we played four two three one against. Um, so we went. We played like three at the back for ages, didn't we? And then those last couple of games, we then switched the game. So I, I think our conversations need to be rather more about players because we've just. <laughs> We've just not seen shape be shape be consistent. And yeah, of course you're right. We played four four two, and our points per game at four four two is probably like two point three or something <laughs> yeah. ludicrous like that. And our points per game with a three at the back is probably naught point four or something awful like that as well. But um, I don't know. Um, we're not dealing here with a manager who. Um, has a clue. Puts, <laughs> I was going to say in politer terms, we're not dealing with a manager who, you know, like, okay, I'm comparing with a world-class manager, but I know exactly what Leeds will do on the first game of next season. I know exactly what Sheffield United will do. I even know what Norwich will do on the first game of next season. I know what Luton will do. I know what Birmingham will do. I know what Nottingham Forest will do. I know that George Friend has just signed for Birmingham and will not cross the halfway line in a 4-2-3-1 under Aitor Karanga. I do not know what my own team will do. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, are you happy with those striking options? You've kind of got pace um, I... through Jackson and Sears to an extent. You've got a bit of hustle and muscle from Norwood, and then you've got a more physical presence. He's probably not going to get bags of goals, Hawkins, but is a um, presence and is going to. We've, we've heard he disrupts defences and so on. So, are, are you happy with those options? Can I answer a different question, Rich? I was just making a note when when you were having the conversation about Norwood and Jackson. I think both are quite lucky that to get the chance to play in a front too, because other strikers don't get to do it. And we see people like um, Madden for Fleetwood playing up top on their own and doing a rather good job of, you know, uh, getting around. Even I mean Jordan Roberts at Gillingham doing the doing the same thing. I know he's gone off to um, Scotland now, hasn't he? But I totally agree with Joe. I think pre-salary cap Norwood to Fleetwood could have been done. You know, if they can, he's not going to get what Glenn Whelan gets, so it could be done. Um, Caden Jackson in the championship, Rich, unless, basically, unless he goes to a very good team who's going to play him up front um, and create loads of chances for him, he's going to be playing up top on his own and he can't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't don't see who signs him in the championship, unless someone can afford him as a first reserve and a pacey option. Coventry, bench. Coventry and Birmingham are the two linked today. Uh, yeah. Luton, as, Luton well, you, as well. I mean, Luton him, will get in the front two at, at Luton. But, but you coach him to um, be in the three, don't you? That, that, I, I could understand Mark argument, Robbins um, sort of getting the best out of him, playing him maybe sort of in a wide role. And they mix it up between like a 3-4-3, three, three, don't they? And they sort of mm-hmm. play a few different formations. So I could see him fitting in quite nicely. Yeah, Richard's Richard right different. if he can be coached into the position. But then uh, Joe's also said on this pod that he's older than you think he is. Yeah, and motivation. You know, I think he was pushed out there quite a bit by, by Hurst and Lambert early on, and, and didn't like it either. Uh, so. And I also agree, Rich. It's a it's a good gig in terms of he gets to play front two in a nice stadium at Ipswich in League One terms. But I also agree with Joe that he could probably get paid more elsewhere. But you know, it's a, it's a tricky one for him to him to judge. Do you follow the money or do you follow your best chance of um, doing your job effectively? And the money might come later. Any chance, Joe, of, of Drynan or Falami making any kind of impact? Personally, I don't think Drynan's got enough about him to make an impact. He's he's done okay out on loan in men's football, but he just is. Well, he's he's like twenty two now. I think he's quite he's quite old. And I think his his time may have passed. Ben Falami has looked good when he's played, and but he's he's been out for so long. He went to Steven his last year and didn't really make much of an impact. But they were a bit of a mess by the time he got there. But with Morris being injured, that's a that's a blow because I think he was someone that could have made an impact. But I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't back against Falami making a bit of an impact. And Tyree Simpson got some game time and you know had up and down. He was he was good in the in the cameo at Blackpool and less good. I think he came on. Did he play against Fleetwood? I think. Um, yeah, did okay. So but... and as Ben has said, you know these cup games are a really good opportunity for some of these guys to stake a claim, perhaps. Um, but it feels like there's some chess being played with our striking options, perhaps. If this Jordan Rhodes rumour is to be believed, anyway, um, but Ollie Haw- Hawkins at least comes in and brings a different presence, maybe than Will Keane. Goes. Well, and then Richard, do we go back to what Joe was saying for ages? And you have a big bustly um, forward down the middle. You play very narrow. You play very direct, and you try and get two either wide forwards or wide midfield players as close as possible. Mm-hmm. That could that could work an absolute treat. And um, you know, the big six foot five guy doesn't score many goals. Doesn't even face the goal very much, but you know, can be your most important player. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, should we deal with those wide players then um, that uh, potentially are in a 4-3-3 or even a 4-5-1 are, are bombing on? So, Guion Edwards, um, I think, is in the last year of his contract, is he, I think? And there's again, there's championship interest there Warnock. for him. Um, 
who else have we got here? Jack Lancaster, who, yeah. to quote Lee O'Neill, would be like a new signing, wouldn't he? Um, Bishop can play out there. Judge. I, I forgot that Alan Judge is, is with us until he did that um, interview on the club Twitter this week. You know, it's a big season potentially for him. Freddie Sears still around. Um, I guess Il Mazzuni, Joe, you'd say is more of a kind of central player, is he? But Dobrik could play out there as well. There's yeah. plenty of options out wide, guys. Yeah, there there are. And I think that's why this formation does just suit us and why Hawkins may prove to be a really good signing if he can actually come in and occupy defenders and allow these people around him to sort of create chances and score goals. Even if you have, you can even play Norwood behind him as a, in a 10 role effectively. I know that's not necessarily his game, but putting someone else up top just to bully and harass and drag people about. It's just very, very irritating looking at these squads. And Joe's pointed out from over a year now, whatever formation you're bombing out players that have played first team football in like two or three of them. It's just, it just, and I was going to say, it's Ben, it's very frustrating, Richard, to see. You know, it, it's like, oh, if we're playing one up front, okay, we should have a good striker, a good reserve, and then a young guy. Okay, if we're playing wide players, a good one, a good one, a reserve each, and it's like, what's what's what's, what's the makeup of this? And I get, I just get very irritated looking at it, thinking, well, could do that, yeah, that's fine. Bomb out those eight players, could do that, fine. Bomb out those eight different players, you know. Very frustrating. A lot of been made of Jack Lancaster being like a new signing and sort of, he seems to be a bit of a poster boy for a lot of what the club's doing. And like rightly so, he was, he made a real impact when he came in and it was a massive shame he missed last season. But ultimately, he is not going to play in a 4-4-2. He's not really going to play in a 3-5-2. He is a smart footballer who can sit between the lines, who can come in off one flank. So he's really going to need to be a 10 or a wide striker or a, winger in a 4-2-3-1 but so bearing in mind sort of he's back surely we need to be looking at one of those either 4-2-3-1 4-3-3 formations it has to be something along so those lines I watched, I watched West Brom and I know we're talking a different quality of player but West, West Brom got promoted last season because they played 4-2-3-1 and in January Slaven Bilic added um, Camel Grzycki and Callum Robinson to already Matthias Pereira Grady Dean Garner, um, Matt Phillips. And he basically, he had Hal Robson Carnu up front. It didn't matter. He basically loaded up the line off the front with about six players who could win him a game. And I look at our squad and I'm like, why don't you just do that? You it's, know? Almost, it's almost moved on from like the Warnock days where he used to like to get to like five or six strikers in there, play two mm. up and just go with like the hot hand. It's almost like yeah. you just need a striker who can occupy defenders and the hot hand now sits in that row behind that striker now. Exactly. In the gap, and, you know, if you bring, if you're in a championship and you bring Cameron Grozicki on for 20 minutes or Callum Robinson or whoever, and it worked, it worked for West Brom. Okay, we're comparing... Grady Dean Garner with Armando Dobra and Paul Lambert with Slavin Village, but um, you did you take my point, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to come to your point about uh, about who do you who do you leave out? Is this an area of the squad where potentially some departures are needed, either loans for the younger players, or do we do we do we cash in on Guion Edwards or maybe even Alan Judge? It's got this peculiar situation, Rich, where it feels like the the higher ups, and I'm talking about Evans and O'Neill kind of hang their hat on signing these contracts and securing these players. And then we sit here and go, well, why? OK, good. You got him on a nice long-term contract. And uh, we, you know, uh, no one can come along and take him. Oh, but by the way, he's not in the team. 
Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what? Do you know what I mean? It seems ass backwards to me, doesn't it? That it should work the other way around back from. Sorry, I'm very grumpy today, aren't I? That's all right. um, <laughs> but you, you know, you should work from right. This is our formation, and this is this is what we'll do. But yeah, of course, you know, this this has needed trimming now since before we got relegated, Rich. I think it, you could you could pick six players out of this squad, and if you said Holy Chambers, Vincent Young, Wolfenden, Downs. Maybe Norwood, and you could say, and you could say, you could get rid of any other five players in that squad, and the quality of the team isn't really going to be affected. Mm. Much of a muchness. Mm. Joe, what what are the chances of um, Ilmazuni and Dobra making an impact this season? Do you think it's their time? I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, I think Ilmazuni's probably further along than Dobra because he's, I think he can handle himself a little bit better physically, and maybe isn't quite as hot headed as. Dobber is and that like I say Dobber's first league appearance last year ended up getting sent off for trying to punch a giant didn't he <laughs> <laughs> which um, and, like that, I'm imagining that Newcastle fan trying to punch a horse now yeah, but, which, um, which I don't advocate for one minute but El- Elmazuni went to Cambridge don't punch anyone human looked, or horse Joe <laughs> looked really impressive didn't he just in the limited impact he was having there so I think and like Elmazuni you could play him as an 8 you can play him as a 10 you can play him as one of the wide forwards he is very versatile, where I think Dobra, you may... He, I think he's going to be more of an impact player, Dobra, that he's someone that's going to get 20, 25 minutes at tired defence and runs at him, where I think if El Mazzuni gets in the team, I think he could he could well stay in there. Mm-hmm. I think as well, Joe, in a salary cap age, you want to get to a week before the season and say, if I'm not playing this guy, can I get him out on loan and get him off the books? Anybody who's there now in a salary cap era and not playing is a liability literally a liability it's money that you cannot you yep. cannot spend so um, I wonder whether you'll even see contracts get paid up for some players yeah well, if you can then go spend the money elsewhere and you have a cash rich owner but that cash rich owner has to be willing to spend let's um let's move into the kind of central midfield kind of area we've got um, Scoos still around Nolan um, Bishop I guess could play central mid can't he um, Downs Dezel um, Hughes, Elmazuni, Elmazuni. Um, again, it's a similar story to the wide players, isn't it? There's just lots of players here. Um, and yeah. well, I'll, I'll ask. Well, I'll start to blend in some of the questions because I noticed that we're on 40 minutes. Um, FPL Tractor, assuming the squad stays as it is, what's your midfield three? He's assuming a midfield three. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Zell Downs Fight and Bishop. Uh, sorry, Rich. What was his three? Um, Dezel, Downs and Bishop. I mean, it's a big season for Dezel. We, we say it every year, but so, it really yeah. is, isn't it? It's um, hard to hang your hat on Bishop, but realistically, Downs and Bishop are probably two of our best players on their day. Yeah, yeah and Joe, um, I, I hate to be fatalistic. Which four players are we giving eight-month injuries to this season? Well, yeah. As, as, as well, that always seems to happen. But look, you've got to assume, surely, you've got to assume that Wolfenden signed a contract that Downs will be sold. You did, that surely, I don't, I don't think so. I, I just don't see that there's any point in selling him, and I just don't think that there's the market to buy him. Like when Palace, well, you're right. Him, when Palace were linked for him, I was told that they said four million Palace, but Ipswich won eight, and Palace were saying two. That's how far apart it was. And I'm, I'm sure we wouldn't hold out for it. I'm sure if they got a bit closer to it, but two million is what Palace were saying, and it's just there's zero point in selling him for that. Well I, hope, well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Joe. I just, I just assume that this is Marcus Evans and that um, a hot asset will be sold and 
less than 40% of the money will be returned um, in fees. But to be fair to um, Mr Evans, we can't sit here um, and say the squad is bloated and then have me then five minutes later say, oh, sell downs and buy three players. Do do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I I understand those two things are contradictory in in deference to um, Evans. But uh, Richard, uh, it sounds like I'm um, filibustering all your questions, but... What, what if it's a four-two-three-one? And so that's two players from Skews, Nolan, Bishop, Downs, Dizelle. And we've already said, whatever you do, if you go three central midfielders, you're bombing out a load of wide players or number or number people who are playing a number ten role or something like that. If you now go two central midfield players, you're 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 bombing out those players as well. So um, it's difficult, isn't it? But you 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 wouldn't be surprised with a trim on on any of that but excuse his experience nolan cost a lot of money and bishop downs and dazelle have you know got lots of potential supposedly yeah many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. And injuries, I guess, and as Lambert well. seems to rate Nolan. He seems to play him every week, doesn't he? So, Is this the season where Scoo starts to be a bench option rather than a starter, guys? Yeah, but he was... Um... Sort of in like January, Scoots had sort of dropped to the bench. And he was not starting that much, but I think you're still going to need him for some of the tough away games and things like that where you need an experienced body. But like I say, I'm sure there's no Ipswich fan that wants Cole Scoots to be a part of the team, a key part of the team come the end of the season. Because if it is, it shows that Nolan, Dazelle, Bishop have failed effectively if Scoots is still in totally the agree. season. Totally but, agree. But I, would, I wouldn't rule it out because. Starting centre back. Availability is availability. And Joe, it's like is... you've said, you've quoted that Joey Barton book before. It's like, take my shirt. And that's yeah. what Scoots and Chambers have said for about five years. Take my shirt. And successive managers have kept on giving them the shirt. And we have to accept sometimes as podcasters and fans, we don't know any more than any of the other fans, that the managers 
probably know more than us yeah. as well, and they keep giving them the damn shirts. So there's, there's, a, there's a point when people are complaining about um, skews and chambers, etc., being in the team for seven million straight games, where you, maybe maybe no one came and took their shirt. Flynn Downs did, you yeah. know, um, but may, maybe nobody else came and took Cole Skew's shirt, Rich. Yeah, that's, that's what they... Well, they, they started to in January, but... Like I said, I know I said it before, that's what Barton says. If, if they want to get my shirt off me, they've got to out-train me, they've got to out-fight me, they've got to out-battle me, they've got to show they can do it on a Saturday. You don't get given anything in this game. And I think that some of our players may need to show a bit more. And like I say, if the fact that Chambers is still starting at 34 is a bigger criticism of the, those players that have come in and failed. And, and has come Joe in is... and had him, but we didn't want him... As well, the only like, player out of that loan lot who came in and really showed they were sort of a real key player was Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yep. And, I, I, and um, sorry, back. Richard, um, I just wanted to say, I, I um, sat at home stand at Nottingham Forest and, you know, we were abject and Bart was horrible and uh, we lost and Lewis Graben scored a couple of times. But um, Jack Lancaster did exactly what, um, and Harry said the same about his performance at Stoke, where he was, you know, had no respect for Eric Peters or... Um, I don't know, Diakara, whoever he was playing against the, against Forest, and you know, sort of stepped up and stepped up and took the shirt, and that's what you'd like to see, isn't it? Any... Someone, someone waving at Lambert. Sorry, Rich. Well, so, saying, uh, yeah. No, play me. Build your team around me. So I was going to say, well, the last bit maybe less so, but up and comers or pretenders to those central midfield positions, Joe, Brett McGavin, um, and Tommy Smith, is it? No, or it's, it's really only Tommy Hughes. Can Tommy Hughes, sorry, play there, I was going to mixed up. The problem we have with the young players coming through is there's there's so many senior players. That, yeah, there's so many players to get through yeah. to even get training with the first team to even get on the bench. You've, it's it's very difficult for the young players to sort of make an impact. But I say, like Ben was saying, Lancaster Bishop away. I remember his dar- debut away at Derby, and he comes in and he's just flying into tackles, getting on the ball, making things happen. It's like. I know not every young player is going to be that good on the debut, but he gets his shirt and he no one's going to knock him out of the team because he was playing so well. And a few of our, a few more of our players need to do that rather than our fans potentially worry about why certain players are still playing. They're still playing because others aren't doing enough. Yep. And that's why people like Adam Webster go to Bristol City and you know give the interview that they do when they signed and say, "Oh right, I've got a chance of getting to the Premier League now." Let's um let's go through the back line then. So we're adding in Stephen Ward, who I think is pretty much now a, a full time left back. I think he started maybe further up the pitch, perhaps as a forward. Maybe Mick converted him. Um, <laughs> but Chambers is, is still around. Wilson's still around. He's no spring chicken. Which is there any player Mick couldn't turn into a left back? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Peter the most right footed player I could think of. But yeah. Um, it's an art. Um, Ferenc Puskas. <laughs> well, Wolfenden is still around. Um, Danassian still around. Um, Nydam, potentially a left-back option as well. Um, we've got Toto Enciana still around, guys. Um, Vincent Young um, ho- hopefully finds the form that um, he had in September and October before he got injured. Kenlock. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I've listed a shed load of players there. Um and I guess at the moment, um, Stephen Ward, the full time, do we think he's the first choice left back? Okay, Richard, I guess he let, me ask you, let me ask you a question then. You've just listed a shed load of, question, of, of players. Yeah. Which one is significantly better than all the others? Okay, there's one, yeah. But then after that, who's, who stands out in your back four then? I think, well, 
Wolfenden and Ward would be my first choice. And I, and I I still quite like Tommy Smith, as in the one who's at Call You on Trial. I really do. Uh, the the defence picks itself, really, doesn't it? Vincent it's Young, got to be Chambers, Wolfenden, yeah. Ward, with, yeah. a, with a backup of Danashian or Guion Edwards. Guion, yeah. Because played Guion there. played back there a fair bit. And it does... And then centre backs Entiala and Wilson, and left back Kenlock. But Danashian can cover centre back. Maybe I don't, I don't know. It's a. I mean, it's weird. It's and, and let's go to let's uh, let me introduce this kind of the goalkeeper concept as well. So, um, what was it? Die Cornell. Thank you, Joe. Um, and Bodhidhar to all our Welsh listeners. Do you remember um, when? Do you remember when um, Rage Against the Machine turned into what was that band called? Where Chris Cornell sang Soundgarden. No, 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 Chris no. Cornell was in Soundgarden, but what the oh, guy with the big uh, hair, Zach De La Rocha, Audio Slave, no, Audio Slave, sorry, yes, yeah, 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 it was. Pochies, yeah, yeah. Take it out on me. That was Chris Cornell singing. It was great. That should be a walkout song. People are probably saying, "Shut up, Ben!" But if I don't get this out of my system now, it'll go on during the season. So it's important that I do it now. Go ahead, Richard. Pre-season. Well, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Um, You're asking about goalies. Uh, goalies. I was going to introduce so this this concept of first choice players as backup. So Cornell comes in, Holy still around. I'm, I'm guessing that's a kind of indictment on Harry Wright and Adam Prisbet that we're bringing in another keeper and brought in Norris last season. Um, where do you guys stand with this? Because we've seen it throughout the team now, haven't we? We've got we have got starting players for most other League One teams who are either not even going to be picked or likely to be on the bench. So, or are we having this debate again that these players are just not good enough? Do we have the strength and depth or do we not? And if we do have the strength and depth, is it a luxury and we should be shedding the wage bill? Personally, I with the salary cap in place, it, it did seem like going for a second keeper was a little bit of a waste. And I think we maybe should have been looking at a more experienced, a Keith Brannigan, Mike Salmon style of that yesteryear, as in Richard your number one, and you've got a 35-year-old who has bags of experience that if he needs to play, isn't going to kill you. Where Harry Wright missed all the last season. He's played five or six games in the Conference South. Adam Prisbeck has played five or six games at a level even lower than that and won in the Checker Trade Trophy. If Holy was to even get sent off on the sort of last game before the transfer window and misses three games, worse, to have an injury for two or three months, then that that could totally derail your season, really, having to play one of those young keepers if they just aren't able to step up. And I know people will say, well, at what age are they going to have a chance? It's like, well, they, they need to get out there and play some games because goalkeepers just do not like Richard Wright came through when he was 17, but that was an absolute anomaly. Supple and Price came through relatively young, but that was at a stage where there wasn't a transfer window so that if Royal could trust them, but if there was an issue, he also could go out and get somebody. Mm. So we aren't in that position now. And I say, you, you can't just have the season risking on a, putting it on a knife edge effectively that, you don't know what's going to happen if your number one gets injured. So I can I can understand why we've done that. But again, like you, you could put out two 11s in this league of players that have played 50 to 100 football league games. Yeah, but Joe, would either of those two 11s finish in the top six or would they both finish 12? Who's managing him? <laughs> I was going to say exactly the same thing. I was going to say, and that's the point of my question is, on paper, <laughs> on paper, most, well, almost every league one team would want Alan Judge in their team, wouldn't they? Um, right. And 
you know, it just hasn't worked for him uh, under Lambert, has it? And Nolan as well, potentially um, a really great central midfielder as well. It, are we going to see the, this squad reach its potential? Or, or are we just hamstrung by, you know, off-field stuff, Lambert's... Well, the rotation hopefully is, is a goner. But are we are we going to be held back by ourselves? Do you see what I mean? Like, we've got the quality on paper, but... People think that we come on here and we're negative or whatever, and we try our utmost not to be. We want the answer to be they're going to be great. They're, we're going to get a whole a season like flick, you know? yeah, like from up until uh, the Fleetwood game last season. But if I'm ever in a debate or an argument, Rich, I think what would win in the court of law? I need evidence, and I don't have any evidence that um, that a the, the the manager is going to do it. Well, the evidence I've got that the manager is going to do it is 10 years old and he was wearing yellow and green, yeah? And the evidence I've got that the players are going to do it, well, I've got some evidence from last year, but I've also got some evidence that they were the worst team in the league as well as the best team. Yeah. And that's the issue. And I was going to mention this. Um, if you look at league tables, Rich, if you look at a team in the top six, it's fairly easy to figure out the narrative. They won more games than they lost, yeah? If you look at a team in the bottom six, they lost more games than they won. When you get to a team that finishes 11th, generally one of two things happens. They're kind of average all the time or they're kind of streaky. But we were streaky in the worst way. We were like Champions League good and relegation bad. Now that bothers me. That bothers my OCD of I need to figure out what the level of this team is, right? And I I don't like looking at a team. I like looking at a team that's 11th rich and it's Win, win, draw, defeat, defeat, draw, defeat. Fine, 11th. That's an 11th place team. I don't like win four, concede no goals, lose four. That, that, score no goals. Score, score no, no yeah. goals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's what bothers me about that 11th place finish. I can't look at that 11th place finish and say, this is an average team that needs to be coached slightly better, develop their pattern of play, and maybe add a couple of players, and then they'll become a sixth-place team, yeah? yeah? I look at a team that was either a first-place team or a fucking, excuse me, sorry, or a 21st-place. Did you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can't get my head around that. That is not an 11th-place team. That's a first-place team or a 21st. No, it was even 23rd over, like, 19 games or or something, wasn't it? That's what that's what is so befuddling about last season and that I clearly still haven't got my head around or comes to terms with now. I'm getting very vexed. It'll be, it'll be great to but, not have to talk about pattern of play, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> and not for another but, season but, and a half. Also, f- sort of all the jokes about Rich and Coventry, Ben with sort of other championship teams. I, I watch a lot of football. Rich, you keep an eye on Coventry, not in any way supporting them, but because they are your local team and you've got friends I, I support actually there. don't, but it's fine. I'll, I'll go, but like Ben, you watch Norwich and Sheffield United and Millwall and Brentford. Everyone. The local yeah. team. So we... And I, I watch a lot myself of sort of anything that's on. But between us, you, you know what makes a football team successful. And you know that it isn't chopping and changing your team, your formation, your shape, your style every week. There's not one football team in the country that's successful doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like I say, you, you see what these teams are doing and you just think, why are, we, why are we getting something so simple so wrong? And... Is that going to be different this year? And if it's not different this year, then... Action's got to be taken, isn't it? Because well, we've had two and a half and, seasons of it, potentially. And um, I, I asked you guys for some help with a video I was making on my, on my um, championship channel where I was trying to rank 
the uh, the managers into who was the best players. And we started talking about Carlo Ancelotti, and I did some research on Carlo Ancelotti. And the thing you find about dynasties of any level at any team, and when I looked through Milan, there was several players who over seven or eight years, and I'm talking three or four, and I've done a lot of research on Leeds recently with the death of Norman Hunter and Trevor Cherry, and then you go Paul Maidley, um, Jack, Jack Charlton, Charlton uh, Billy Bremner, where for four or five years, even longer, Rich, six or seven players play two to three hundred games. Yeah. So what Joe is talking about, not just over the span of one season, but dynasties. And I mean, even at Sheffield United, where you see Jack O'Connell, John Egan and uh, Chris Basham, they're even there like, in League One. But well, like even Bournemouth in... took players through from yes, the exactly. championship. Exactly. So yeah, even the successful Ipswich teams of, have done that as well. You could you could name Burley's teams, couldn't you? The promotion quite. team and the Premier League team. And when Joe's talking about continuity, and I've just done research. Oh well, Baresi was there for th- this period, and then Maldini overlapped him, and then Costa Curta and um, you know uh, Sebastiano Rossi in goal, and they, they all played four hundred games. Yeah. Oh my God, guys, sorry, really, getting... really right, pertinent, really interesting points there thank you for your um, thoughts on that and and as always we've tried to be balanced and even-handed with our assessment what are the thoughts on squad depth overall then i think there's too much good enough depth there's there's, there's there's too much i think that squad yeah on paper though but but it doesn't matter if there's too many players if the manager can pick a regular 18 and those that aren't in it if they don't like it they can Joe, my issue is there's evidence that those players are the best in the league from, um, well, late August to early November last season. There's evidence that they can do it and walk away with it and win lots of games and lots of tight games. And there's also evidence that the very same players are not. Um, So, you know, where where that falls, I'll, I'll leave it for you to decide. But I think there's there's too much um... with that squad, Joe. We've we've been in a championship too long that we think other clubs have squads like this as well. This in League One is just like League One teams do not have twenty players over twenty one that have played a hundred football league games. They just don't have them. Teams were releasing players and they had like eight or nine players left on the books, and they might pick some up and do it that. But it's like I say, unless you're talking about the Sunderlands and potentially your Portsmouth, this squad is just huge. Yep, and three additions to be made probably um, this coming week. Um, guys, let's do some questions because we are ticking over to the one-hour mark. I, um, I'll do the usual disclaimer that um, as quick as you can, but um, that never works, doesn't it, Ben? So, um, well, sorry, I'm, I must admit I'm very grumpy tonight. I don't know. I think it's because I'm on with Joe and Joe is bringing me down. Brilliant. Stat the reward off here on the pod. This is well, good. And also, you're hosting, Rich. Yeah, so, so you can unload. I have bullet points. That's fine. The, you can unload. I'm sorry. I'm it's all there. good. It's all good. Um, let's go through the question. James Gold, you alluded to this before, Ben. I'll come back to you on this one then. Um, why do so many of the players we let go over the years seem to go to bigger, better things? I know most clubs have this. It seems we have more than usual. Um, Adam Webster, Matt Clark, Kiefer Moore, Jordan Roberts, Jack Marriott, Nick Pope. I don't think played for us. Did he come... Was he Ipswich? Um, he was Connor, before Connor he was up 16, I think he was here. Um, what's, your, what's your take on this one? I mean, Adam Webster's um, going up to the Premier League, isn't he? Uh, albeit, yeah, via um, Bristol City. My, my take on it, Rich, is the only reason we notice is because other players who are equally as good don't come through after they've gone. For example, every team 
like even it, like I was doing some research on Brentford's recruitment because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. Brentford gave Alfie Mawson away, but you don't notice that because you know of all the other stuff that they did good at the same time. So we notice Adam Webster. We even notice Kiefer Moore, and I get very cross because it was the right thing to do for Kiefer Moore and for us. For you know, we had four players ahead of him that were better than him. Um, send him out on loan and then take the profit. He wasn't how, ready for championship. How then. Welsh would you say he was? <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to comment on how Welsh anyone is this week, but thank you, Joe, for bringing that up. I've, I've, I've upset the Welsh this week, Richard. But the, James is right. Yes, our players do go on and do well, but we would not notice if the recruitment after w- was good and there was more coming through to back it up. Every club below the Premier League that does not have parachute payments has to sell. Every club that goes up to the Premier League has to sell. Sheffield United sold David Brooks. Norwich sold James Madison. Leeds sold Chris Wood, Ronaldo Vieira, Jack Clark. You can name any team other than Aston Villa, who nearly went bust, have to sell. We just don't replace after we do. It's fine to sell. Oh, the arms! The arms Sorry. are going all over. Um, but you're right, you, Italian, haven't I? You no re- offense to Italian people. Oh, the Welsh and the Italian now. Who's next? Um, it's rare though that you sell a player for a fee because they're not a desirable asset for someone else. Absolutely. So, um, Tom Dixon, Joe, thoughts on Lambert? I'm getting tired of people saying we need to replace him with any manager who doesn't have a job. Eleventh in League One isn't good enough. But with a long contract, he isn't going anywhere. Fresh start, and everyone behind him, and we will succeed. Yes or no? <laughs> Well, I pers- personally, I, I I worry with what he's done over the eighteen months he's been here that he hasn't settled on anything yet. If like if he was to settle on anything, I think he would be a success because I just think that there's enough quality in the squad that if he can get them all pulling in the same direction and knowing what they're doing, I, I think it'd be difficult to lead this squad outside the top six. But he managed to do that from nine points clear of third last season. He managed to lead it to 11th in the table so I've, okay. I've, I've got I've got very little faith personally. I guess he gets um, he gets a month without any potential acrimony in the stadium though doesn't he so yeah a, a chance right. to build something um, in well, I October think, I, think previous, I think that previous um, month without games at the end of the season may have saved him because yeah. well yeah we talked about that before didn't we as well yeah um, mouth 11 Ben we are. We all thought the squad was strong enough last season so was it down to the players not being as good as we thought or the manager being unable to get the best out of them um, is, I think we've probably dealt with that one is there any to the left with Lambert in charge I think we've yeah I've got the thoughts of um, David Diamond in my head there a bit of both isn't there on that one but I think we've dealt with that one um, the pin and we are weaker than at this point last season he says we don't need two established keepers fighting for one spot we are not in the Champions League. That Dosh could have spent on wages for a centre-half or a striker. So many issues. Forget promotion. It's more of a statement there. Um, but we've talked about the two keepers as well, I think. Um, Jason, great to have the pod back. Wishing you all a decent season. And to you, Jason. Um, Andy Mack. Is the fact that we are now dining in the slops for transfer targets the final acceptance of the painful reality for many fans of where and who we are now? Uh, who we are. A mid-table third-tier side. It's quite stark when you hear it said like that, isn't but, it? But ben? we, but we aren't that though, are we? We, we are a big third tier side, and if we're mid table, it's because of failures of management and those that have been recruited. Because we are still at this level, able to compete with anyone on signings, budgets, the things that actually should matter at this at this level. The things that, if you get everything else right, the things that give you the edge are we, we're a big team at this level, and 
if the fans start to believe we're a mid-table one, then it's a massive failure of and, Marcus Evans et al. And Joe, if I can add on that, the thing with club size, and we can't think of a better word for it, is it does come home to roost as soon as you're in a good moment. So as soon as a, a big club, you know, Sheffield United in the wilderness, Leeds, whoever, Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, as soon as they start getting it right, those things that we attach to club size i.e. bigger fan base, more engagement, bigger commercial revenues, bigger pull for players. As soon as you start getting right, those things come home to roost. And even though um, you know we upset fans of certain teams, Joe and I did uh, the other day, um, it, it's true. I'm sorry, it's true. In yeah. the same way, if we go up against, I don't know, a Nottingham Forest, they're bigger than us. They've got more fans. They've got more... They've won more. They've got, you know, they can draw bigger players. It's what look, it is. But in this league, you look at someone like Oxford, for example, who are were a really good side, probably one of the better sides to watch in the whole league last year. In January, they have to sell two of their players for next to nothing because they can't afford to keep them. We we don't have those issues that if we were third in the league and someone comes in for Flynn Downs in January, unless it's a stupid bid, he's going to stay. They sold two players for about one and three quarter million pounds. Yep. Both featured as well, didn't they? Yep. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep moving us on, guys. Sorry, that's Richard, right. Andrew sorry. B, Cornish Mariner. Um, who's the most marmite player in the current squad? Are you the one who most splits opinion amongst the fans? In the spirit oh, of the question, move on with countries. I'm expecting three <laughs> different answers. Well, yeah, Scuse and Chambers. I just said, really, Luke, I just said Chambers. Yeah. Um, John Watson. Simply, as things stand now, with the three expected arrivals confirmed on Monday, a do you think we are good enough to go up? Um, yes or yep. no?s Yes. On paper. Yes, yep. Um, and is Paul Lambert the man take us up? You answer that, uh, Rich. On the fence, I'd say, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got to do a lot to turn around the bad will that I have for him after last season. Um, and how long do you give Nate Normal Paul before pressure truly mounts? I think that first month without the fans in the ground getting on players' backs is probably really telling, isn't it? Well, I, I, think, I, I think if we're mid-table five to six games in, if we start the season badly, I think he's going to be under massive pressure. Yeah, I, I was going to I was going to say just that, Rich. I think um, it depends which season of the project you're in and where you stand. And it, it's kind of like, you know, the threat level on the COVID. It's kind of like there's certain managers. Like, imagine being Dean Holden at Bristol City, yeah, where it's already threat level five, where you know that if you have two points from the first six games... You are bang in trouble if you don't start winning. Mick, Whereas Carthy's going to be piping up in the press. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Really Whereas if you are Paul Warren at Rotherham, as long as you're within a shout of not being relegated with about five games to go, you're fine, and you're probably still not going to get fired. Do you know what I mean? Threat level is high for Paul Lambert. Threat level midnight. Um, Mullet, <laughs> um, are we in danger of assuming that the youth will simply carry us to promotion? Given the expectations around so many of them, Hans Lambert made three astute signings to get the most out of them. And I think I got into a Twitter debate about Kenlock and Ward. It's not like you, Rich. Um, I like to stir <laughs> up. Um, or just shown how damaging the salary cap is going to be, Joe. I think, I think the signings are fine. I think, personally, left-back is probably a position where, in the academy, there are some decent prospects. They're, they're not all going to make it. They simply can't. But you've got Kenlock, who has probably had his chance and sort of shown he's probably going to be a backup. But you've got Nydam, who might potentially end up out there. You've got Bailey Clements. You've got Tommy Smith, who did well on a loan spell. You've got players even below him, like Albie Armand, coming into the academy, who is highly rated. So I think that one-year sort of experience of Ward coming into the squad is a good thing. I think Hawkins is a striker that you just do not bring a player like that through the academy. They, they just don't come through where they can bully defenders in that way. So he's the sort of player that is 
potentially going to be able to bring the best out of your sort of Lancasters, Dobras, Elmazunis. If they, if he can do what we're sort of told he can on a good day do, then that's fine. But I, sort of back to Mallet's point about the youngsters, I do think people don't realise sometimes that Dobra isn't just going to beat out Freddie Sears for a spot on the team because Freddie Sears is a very good footballer and he's got hundreds of games in the top two tiers of English leagues, scores, scored a decent amount of goals and is a very sort of intelligent and smart player who can play in a lot of different roles. Yeah. Alan Judge isn't just going to give up because he's had a crap season last year. He's going to come back wanting it more and yeah, he might struggle, but El Mazzuni isn't just going to beat out a 30 capped for Ireland player who's done it. He, yeah, Judge's legs might be gone and that might become apparent, but Judge is going to come back with a hunger because these footballers, all of them, they have to be so mentally strong. Anyone who stayed in the game for that long... Anyone not... who stayed in the game after being injured for two years as well, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but just in general, anyone who's, who's still a professional footballer at 30, still in those top couple of tiers, you, you can't do that by luck. That is just pure mental strength and fortitude to do it. And they're not just going to give it up because a young kid's coming along looking good. So it's up to these young kids to learn from them and beat them out, really. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip us through a few, so apologies. Richard, sorry, can I, can I just jump in? I think we're going to get complaints if we don't get an answer from you two about who the actual goalkeeper's going to be. Whether um, So can you, just, can you just tell me, who do you think that um, Cornell can actually be the starting goalkeeper or whether it's Holy, assuming we play one goalkeeper? I think it's the same situation with Holy Norris. I think Holy Holy should start with the number one, metaphorically speaking. If he, I don't know what he's wears on his back. Um, one, but it's, is it good? Um, but as soon as as soon as there's a mistake made, then yeah, Cornell comes in, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So apologies to people who ask questions. I'm going to skip through where I think we've kind of dealt with stuff. Um, Mark. Um, still a long way to go until the end of this transfer window. Emmy has stated he won't be selling any of our prize assets. Um, other than the three incomings about to be announced, do you envisage any further ins and outs? Are you happy this team should be now good enough to beat the top half teams? Thoughts on um, any more ins and outs? So the Rhodes thing is in there, isn't it? Is it outs, guys, now? I, th- I think it's going to need to be out before any more come in, really, unless there's a deal out there that's just too good to pass up, a free transfer that we've got a chance at. But I just, like I said, we're we're already over the numbers, aren't we? Of over twenty. What are you doing players. with that gaffer tape, Joe? <laughs> just, spinning, just spinning it around, looking for my next victim. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're, like I said, we're already at, we're assuming these free free players signed. We're already at twenty three over twenty one, and I know that includes Harry Wright, who there's no point naming in the squad now because Prisbeck could be the third choice. Barry Cotter, who's sort of at Leighton Orient potentially I don't know if that's ahead of a loan or a that and Aaron Drynan so there are there there is a little bit of fat to be trimmed out of that squad but realistically we can't sign any more anyone else before anyone goes well and Richard um Joe made this point a couple of times on the salary cap show if you're Marcus Evans and you're 93 million in the hole and now there's a salary cap what what is two million for Flynn Downs what, 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 how, did, how does that push the needle? What, yeah. how, how does that help? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, in this market, are there going to be that many outs? And if you can get, I don't know, a million quid out of Neil Warnock for Grion Edwards, do you just go, okay, so it's a, it's a, it's some money in, and you know, away we go? Or so, yeah. And as I said about ten minutes ago, there's evidence to say that these players were top of the league on 2.3 points per game 
a fair chunk of the season and there's evidence they can do it Rich mm-hmm. I think um, if you get decent money on the table for anyone that isn't a nailed on starter I think you just need to take it really yeah agreed, agreed. Yep. Um, hello to Tim Pashley I think we've dealt with Tim. about the, the squad is rotation it, Tim, stuff. Tim's like a six year veteran of the pod Tim's now isn't he OG of the yeah, pod go on group. Tim Crabbook um, I mentioned this about the pressure on Lambert um, Crabbook do you think playing in an empty stadium will benefit our younger and more technically capable players we've kind of this is a, I've put a theory out there. I don't think I've publicly stated this, so this might get me in trouble. But our supporter <laughs> base are a little bit more snarky rather than aggressively. You know, we don't boo too much, do we? But we do kind of do an we ironic do cheer, like, don't we? And, we do uh, like our young players, though, Ipswich, uh, Ipswich fans. Richard. Unless we they're like... James Scowcroft or Matt Richards. Yeah, so I guess... The f- <laughs> is, <laughs> oh, he's, uh, he's, mugged me, he's, he's mugged me off there, he's, hasn't he's he? flipped it around on you. He's, it's like he had that one planned. So, uh, I guess, is the other th- other thing true, then? Uh, we'll come back to the technically capable players, but the younger players, presumably, they get a little bit more of a um, patience from the supporters and they get a cheer when they do something positive, don't they? So, your thoughts on the empty stadium and how it affects... How, well, will we, it we, I mean, I think you're alluding to Rich, and I, I'm, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here. We we had a chat about this in our WhatsApp group, didn't we? And Craig was actually very, um, very pro our fans and saying, look, they're, they're by no means the worst and they're quite patient. And I mean, if you take, for example, Kenlock, well, you know, has Kenlock been treated that unfairly by the fans? A lot of kind of enthusiasm for, for him at times and... You know, he kind of has had a lot of chances and a lot of managers haven't picked him. Um, same with uh, someone like Josh Emmanuel. And I know Joe alludes to players who were... You know, someone like James Scowcroft, who played probably... Am I right, Joe, into the hundreds Premier League games? Yeah, he must have done. Mm. He's Clearly an, an elite football player. You know, a, a, a one percenter in terms of anybody who's ever kicked a football who's ever existed. And, you know, we didn't get behind him. So... I think it's I think it's I think it's fairly mixed rich but uh, look we've had all of these all of these debates you know in the playoffs and oh will will Millwall and Luton now struggle because Den and Kenilworth Road are empty and look the cream rises don't they the well coached teams um win and yeah. the bad teams lose and the good players succeed and Jack Lancaster may well end up in the Premier League with or without Ipswich um and the the, the poor players end up in a different place. <laughs> yeah. Um, ITFC Analytics and Beanie are, are asked us to name an 11. I, I think we're kind of shying away from that one, aren't we? Mainly because of time now, but um, um, maybe before we get... Well, maybe we'll, we'll have a go. Which, which shape? Yeah, well, there's... Beanie says Lama wants to play the 4-3-3. Do we think we're going to get that, or...? I don't, I don't, Rich, if he can do it quickly, I'd like to hear Joe um, uh, lay out a 4-3-3. Okay. In goal... Adam Prusbeck. <laughs> <laughs> Ho- well, Holy in goal, back four, Vincent Young, Wolfenden, Chambers, um, Stephen Ward, sitting in front of him. I'd probably, well, it depends how fit Emma Hughes is, but I'd like to see Emma Hughes and Flynn Downs or Teddy Bishop and Flynn Downs there. The f- sort of up front at the moment, I'd say James Norwood. I'd have Jackson on one side, Sears on the other, and then in behind, give me Armando Dobra. Or Clearly, Idris El Mazzuni. Or, or, or yeah. Okay, four three three. Jackson, Sears, and Norwood at the top. Bishop, Downs, and Hughes as the middle three. Nice. Yep. It, it, Richard, the, 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 the truth is, all three of us could sit here now 
and in about five different shapes, all pick a team that sounds like it could beat most League One yeah, teams. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Well, Alan Judge doesn't get in that team for one, does he? So, you know, there's, there's an example straight away. Um, Jacob um, Powley asked something similar as well. Um, but I'll end with Adam Williams. Who invented the skip? I don't know. Bobby Moore. Can I just say, Adam was absolutely superb. When we were all had no football, he was in um, Wembley for the BBC, wasn't he, doing um, uh, Wickham and... Who did Wickham beat in the playoff final? Oxford. Oxford, Oxford yeah. Um, and continues to do superb work over at the BBC and um, will never be forgotten for, um, in one of his live chats, putting Kiefer Roberto Francisco Moore <laughs> as just open the scoring. So... Um, Adam, we, we, we bow to you, sir. A, a brilliant journalist. Give him Proper a follow. Journalist. At Adam Proper underscore journalist. J underscore Williams. Go and follow Adam. Cheers for the questions, everyone. And sorry if we didn't call your one out. And that is the end of the, my running order. I've got some plugs. Um, you can still... Um, we mentioned this a few times, um, but it, possibly not for a while because obviously we've not done too many pods. You can still... Um, give a contribution or a donation to our pod um, using our Acast um, donation site, which I think is p- a pinned tweet, perhaps, um, on so, our Twitter Rich, feed. If I, can be com- if I can be completely transparent, we've got the podcast season ticket. Uh, so we've got one season ticket that um, we're going to put some of that money towards. So anyone who's presenting the show or hosting the show has got the opportunity to um, go up and sit in the middle of the pioneer there. And we took the option, um, the pro-rated refund against the season ticket, and we'll put some of your contributions into that. So thank you, everybody who's um, contributed. That's what some of that money has gone towards um, in the in-between, whilst COVID has taken my job and I can't afford to pay for that season (laughs) ticket anymore. No, fair dues. And and I think probably what we'll do, so... um, uh, this this will go out for those of you who watched on on YouTube, well, and and on the podcast with the top and tail from last season. But we do have new titles, we do have new music, which everyone will hate and tell me all about. Um, Standard. But we'll put if you if you don't know, we'll we'll stick your name on the end titles, and and we'll try to find ways throughout the season to to give you a, a shout out and stuff like that. But please, yeah, do this. There's, there's no um, threat of us becoming a subscription service or anything like that. But if you want to give us the support to try and do more and better stuff um then we, we'd really appreciate that um keep an eye out for um a competition maybe next week just to the get a little bit of engagement going before the season starts um and you can find all the details on that on our youtube channel um on our hey, instagram Richard, if account I, if i could just plug um mm. we've got the software now um to be yes. able to podcast live um joe's off so this, joe's we, done we, we, oh joe's done We've had it. He's, he's plugging stuff What's in. Again? Um, again? We've had a few chats about possibly eBay. going live. I I do it on my own YouTube channel as well. But we need to get over one thousand uh, yes. subscribers. Great show. Um, unfortunately, and this is my fault, the pod went down my personal YouTube channel for many many years. Um, and then Richard said to me last season, Ben, can we not have our own YouTube channel? I'm like, yeah, we probably should have done that about three years ago, shouldn't we? So our YouTube channel is sadly um, lacking in the thousand subscribers that it needs to go live. So if you like the podcast, even if you're not going to watch on YouTube, um, we know the numbers of people. And if you all go and hit subscribe, we'll go over that number in about a day because I know what the numbers are. Yeah, 60% um, so, of our, our views, I think, are from un- non-subscribers, by the way. Um, so, and yeah. then what we'll be able to do then is we'll be able to put the podcast out live on YouTube and on Twitter using the StreamYard um, stuff. And you'll be able to actually engage with 
Um, you'll be able to pick a fight with Joe Fares live <laughs> in real time. And he will fight back, Richard. He'll gaffer tape you up, though. You need to be careful. Um, but yeah. What are those be... things, those cable ties he's got as well. <laughs> well, well? We'll be watching. I think it'll be good to do some watch alongs and stuff like that. And obviously, before get back in the stadiums, that'd be great. So, yeah, um, do help us get Please over 1,000. subscribe on, on, um, on the YouTube. That'd help us out. We, we can go live, Richard, on Twitter any time. But the, um, the kind of... Um, interface is not as good on Twitter as it is on YouTube for getting your comments up on the screen and and whatnot. And it would be great to do a watch along live with um, uh, um, subscribers watching. Try and guess um, the line. That my plug for that. Yeah. yeah. Just, just quickly for anyone who has donated by the end of this week, I'll do a raffle for this Paul Gascoigne Lazio. <laughs> oh, there you go. Figure. Look at that. Have you seen Paul Gascoigne's header in the last minute of the Rome derby? It's absolutely insane. Do you remember that? No, in the I've, I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, Almost yeah. the edge of the box. I'll have to YouTube yeah. it. Is it a diving header? No, no, no. It's oh. like a it's like a Joe Jordan header. Yeah, it leaps up. Yeah, incredible. Goal. Anyway, Richard. Yeah, find us on Instagram as well and on the Twitter, Blue Monday ITFC. Um, guys, do you want to plug some stuff, Ben? You've got plenty of stuff going on pretty much daily now, haven't you? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take this as an opportunity, but I don't have a job anymore. I've given you um, the opportunity. I'm, I'm enabling. <laughs> I'm hosting. You go so for it. I ha- I haven't been fired, but my job doesn't exist, which makes me think I've been fired, but they didn't want to tell me I've been fired. So my teaching job has disappeared now. So I am very insanely trying to make a living off off of YouTube talking about championship stuff. It's going rather well, Richard, but I'm not making a lot of money, let's just say. I'm making some money. So um, if you want to support me, if you've enjoyed the pod, um, you can support me on Patreon for $3 a month or $5 a month. Um, you get some perks for five dollars a month. Not like not like that, Joe. Um, but like, <laughs> like a Patreon only Q and A. Um, all good fun. But go and go and subscribe over there. But obviously, this is all about um, Ipswich here and uh, the Blue Monday podcast. So honestly, hit the subscribe button on on here as well, um, and um, try and get us over a thousand there, and then we can start doing some cool live stuff. shows on on YouTube. Yep, Joe. Anything you want to shout or plug, or you got any Corinthian stuff on eBay that we need to? Any gaffer tape related stuff, Joe? There's a, there's a lot of Corinthian stuff on eBay that needs to sell. Joe's got a family to feed. I don't know how he gets away with this because, the, like, the Amazon guy must come about eight times a day. And That's his the wife eBay must, guy, though, isn't he? He's now working from home, which is really exactly. Sort of so his wife hurt must me, just be like, first. Joe, for God's sake, how much of how much of my money have you spent on Corinthian figures today <laughs> and Lego? Just lie. <laughs> we can see it all behind you. She, she, there you go, guys. That that is your advice for life. Just like relationship advice with Joe Fairs <laughs> at Joe Fairs. If you want to have a chat about that, um, guys, that's it. I've I've got, I've got nothing else to say. Does anyone want to say a final thing, or should we just end yeah, it there? Hashtag just like. Hashtag just like. <laughs> Only about the small stuff. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.